Philip Dwyer is a citizen journalist, Irish nationalist, political activist and former National Party representative for Dublin South West. He has been a fierce critic of the Irish government on a number of key policy relating to pandemic response, immigration, LGBTQ, children and education, climate change. He's been suspended from Twitter and heavily censored on YouTube. His social videos and commentaries have helped shine a light on matters relating to freedom of speech and expression. He has been an impassioned advocate for the suffering Irish homeless population, helping expose the hypocrisy in the availability of government assistance. You can connect with him on Telegram and has interactive live streaming on Odyssey YouTube. And you can find him at his handle at Philip Dwyer. Thanks a million, uh, Philip, for, for coming on tonight. Great to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to have you. You're doing you're doing fantastic work around the place. I love watching your videos and, and following what you're at. And if we had more people like you, I think we'd, we'd have the country turned around overnight. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, um, I keep saying to people that uh, I'd rather be out in the golf course enjoying me, uh, me bit of golf and I'm going for a pint with me mates. But uh, yeah, no, this is uh, unbelievable times we're living through. Um, and it's just, it's it's unbelievable that journalism has died a death and, and there's nobody going after these these politicians and these media people to uh you know put them under the cosh and, and ask them basic hard questions you know but look you know there's more people um i think joining the ranks there the, the likes of derek bly and that you know it's doing great work down in cork um yeah it's just uh it's 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 awful that you, you're kind of you're in that position like I said, you don't really want to be doing it, but it has to be done. Somebody has to do it, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So here we are. Here we're, we're at where we're at. Yeah, 100%. If no one gets up off their arse, nothing will be done. So I think that's the mission we're all on. It's like we're, I, I've come to the same thing. We're not going to probably reach everyone, but if we can reach the mm. 15 to 20% of people who who are aware of what's going on and get them to get out and do things, we'll be, we'll be in a better position. Yeah, I think um, everybody here probably listening today is capable of, of waking somebody up or, or just putting the truth out there. Everybody has that capability. Like, and we just have to try and what I'm trying to do is just get people to not be afraid, you know, and, and show people that, you know, just ridicule these people, expose them, um, ask them questions because they, I don't, I don't think I've ever met one that could actually argue a point with you, you know, and they all just, they all just cower away. Yeah, they've got the they've got the current thing badge on their social media profile, and and they parrot off talking points they've heard on RT or something. It's it's galling. We wanted to just um, you've brought a tremendous amount of awareness to the attacks on freedom of speech and expression from the media, internet platforms, and Garda. Mm. Given the already incredible number of measures being used to control speech, how how would Ireland change, in your opinion, if the hate speech laws were successfully pushed through? Oh, good question, Gavin. If they were successfully pushed through, well, they certainly aren't going to be successful, shouldn't me up anyway, but um, they, they they seem to be pushing really hard, like they seem to be doubling down. And at the same time, um, I'm, I'm noticing, I suppose a lot of people here in the chat might notice that uh, there are a lot of normally, normies, as we call them, are starting to talk about now what's going on with the Ukrainian immigration thing and, 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 and the fake Ukrainian immigration thing. How would it affect Ireland if they, if they successfully brought them in? It's, it's, it's dark times. I mean, you can look back in history and, and see any, any times in history where they shut people off, they didn't give them a voice. 
it didn't end well. The people who tried to enforce this generally come out the worst side of it, like, you know. And yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, are the enforceable, has it ever been tried in history? I suppose, like, in recent history, world wars and the communists, the USSR, they inflicted horrible atrocities on people and horrible pain on people and hardship. But um, it's a tough one. I just don't, I, I'm afraid to even think of where it's going to bring us, you know. And I've met, I've met a couple of Gardaí along the way and I've said to them off camera, let's go, say, and uh, it says, you understand, guys, what's happening here like that. You, you, if you're coming after people like me and stopping me expressing my, myself and, and trying to report, you know, it's it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to end badly. And history will, will always tell you that. And nobody wants to see violence. Uh, I certainly don't. And it could be said that maybe the likes of myself and um, the likes of Derek Bly, all the truth tellers, uh, Grant Torino, you know, um, Dave Cullen, Gerald Murphy, you know, all the great Telegram channels there, late stage artists, you know, all these people. We're just trying to put out the truth, really. Like, uh, I've talked to Derek about this. Me and Derek are working closely together. We're just trying to put truth out there and hopefully as many people as possible can see it. And if they try and stop us doing it, well, they're going to have to lock us up. I mean, as I said, they're going to have to uh, put a bullet in my head if they want me to stop, you know. And I'm sure there's lots and lots of people there listening to this feel the same way. Yeah, the answer is I, yeah. I don't know. And I dread to, I dread to think, Gavin, what, what, where it's going to lead us, you know. It's, it's impossible anyway to stop people from speaking, you know, their mind and, and to... And express themselves and how they feel. Did, did you see um, Jacinda Ardern, um, the New Zealand Premier, like she was in the UN last week, and, and this is the, the topic of conversation. In history, the, the good guys were never the ones that were suppressing speech. Like, that's what history no. tells us. They're definitely no. on the wrong side of history. On this. No, well, there's an example of uh, last, last Saturday we were down in Kilkenny City, and um, just so happens now, my late father is from Kilkenny and he was very kind of well-known, famous down there for his hurling. And uh, um, it was great to go back down there. But we had our, our um, loudspeaker and we had our speakers um, and one or two people who didn't like what we had to say. They kind of tried to shut us down. And, and one guy passing in his car, I put up a little video of him there trying to make him famous. But uh, apparently, allegedly, he's people before profit and activists for them. Um, and then when I was making my speech, a young girl, lady, let's say, in her, in her early 20s, by the looks of it, absolutely traumatized that anybody could even question putting fill in our hotels with, with, um, with so-called refugees and that we were a disgrace. But it, the difference is, I mean, I was happy to offer that girl the loudspeaker to speak in front of us and have, her, have, have a say and give her opinion. And this other guy, he was in the band blaring his music, trying to trying to disrupt the speakers. I offered him the mic. And for them, the opposite is the case. They won't allow me to speak. They want to shut me down. They want me locked up. They probably want you dead, some of these people, you know. And that's the difference. You're right. The good guys, the good guys don't want to shut down anyone's speech because we know that we're, you know, we're on the side of logic and reason and, and facts, I suppose, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is that time. I think it has to be the rock that we all die on. I think Mike Connell has said it before. He's he's great at taking it to these these lefties and sticking it to them. But like that has to be the rock we die on. Like if you if you can't express yourself openly, 
and it's a slippery slope we can see what goes on in China and whatever else like with cases like such as Enoch Burke and what's going on with Glenn Miller and Derek Bly's recent arrest it seems that they're eager to weaponize the police and the judicial system against the public on these matters. Do you have any yeah. hope that the court systems will provide any positive outcomes and protect the freedom of expression currently under attack? Or how do you feel? Yeah, the way I feel right now, I mean, I'm I'm under a charge as well. I mean, it's like a ridiculous kind of, you know, Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale. This guy has decided that I did something um, that warranted me to be moved and I refused to move and I took my little stand on that and he, he decided to arrest me um, and we'll see how that goes and we have these guys um, we have Glenn and we have uh, Enoch Burke and um, and now we have Derek arrested last Friday um, over a t-shirt that was supposed to be been given away for free and, and look here this is real sinister and I, I'd probably go back to I'll go back to Charlie Flanagan, if anyone's seen my videos with Charlie uh, chasing him around the streets, asking him, trying to ask him questions. Uh, but his first reaction when he was out to the doll to run to a guard, you know, to have me arrested for asking him questions. like, And it was a bit comical, uh, you know, to watch. But it, it is actually very sinister and insidious that he feels entitled enough to go after a use the guardy to go after a citizen and um, who's asking him questions about you know the job he's being paid for hundreds of thousands of euro a year at this stage as well with his different pensions um and that's where you know our, our politicians are and political life is at the moment in ireland so it's frightening for me to see um how many guardy are willing to make clowns of themselves um, out, of, out of the fear of being I suppose they would be shut down if they didn't go along with the thing but I mean at this stage I don't I haven't seen any whistleblowers I haven't seen any guards you know jump ship and say I'm not doing this anymore like you know so that's that's very worrying the judicial system to me is completely corrupted in Ireland that's another thing that's terrifying I mean it's like you would be represented quicker um, if you had been an axe murderer and, and you know murdered 16 people um, and you'd be represented quicker doing that than you would be for uh, not wearing a mask during lockdown you know that's that's the state of affairs in ireland like you know people couldn't get legal representation for for um breaching these crazy lockdown regulations you know it's it's to me i suppose if i look back over the years um i have to say and i'll acknowledge it that i was living you know this this celtic tiger fake dream and um, with this fake wealth and um, partying enjoying myself you know joining golf clubs and, and going out into town and, and uh, it was like uh, flahulak and, and this kind of false affluence and it is easy enough to get carried away with it suddenly then you wake up that there's there has to be a price to be paid, I suppose, for this 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 fake money we all got over this twenty years, and I think now like we're paying it. But you wake up suddenly, and then you see like it's nearly it's nearly too late. The infiltration has happened uh, all over all the institutions, you know, from the legal profession, the, the judiciary, to your education system, your governments, your advertising agencies, your media. It's like it was like a rapidly spreading cancer that suddenly like it's too late. It's all over your body and. and like you can't get rid of it like but at the same time i live in that bit of hope that i want to get rid of it, that i believe we can get rid of it i believe there is a cure and the cure is is the human spirit and truth and, and putting you know reason and logic out there beware there isn't people i keep saying gavin
Well, everyone's mentioned that, especially on these, um, like these platforms, we're all kind of like-minded to, to a certain degree. Or it, it is really about trying to box outside these mm-hmm. echo chambers, and it is hard with the censorship. Um, what freaks me out is I can see the way YouTube is, Facebook is, and I can just imagine with these laws coming in and the different technologies that are there as well that you could nearly be instantly censored at the touch of a button. Like I think that's what that that uh, Ardern one was kind of referencing at the UN. You know, we have the tools there. You know, it's probably above my pay grade now to to bring out solutions to that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's turned into a fight, you know, with good against evil, really. You know, and we've allowed all these people to get into these positions of power in Western government. You know, the big picture with the World Economic Forum and the big corporations and that getting too much power. And maybe we're just being. You know, maybe I'm being pessimistic, overly pessimistic, um, because Ireland seems to be the most, um, you know, shit-lib country in the world right now. We're worse than California, really, for, for taking all this nonsense on board and just believing everything that comes out of the, the, the idiot box in the corner of the room. Like, you know, when you see Italy and um, what's gone on over there with, with this right-wing government, and we'll have to wait and see. The jury is still out. And there's lots of red flags. Before anyone jumps down my, my throat about, you know, I don't necessarily go on board with, with you know, people who get elected into power. I, I, I always ask questions and, and, and try and do my research about them. So there are certain certain red flags um, around this uh, Maloney moment that's out to get elected in Italy. So, But at the same time, the positive side of it is, is that the people have, you know, decided to vote in a right-wing government. Whether she turns out to be fake or not, we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll judge her by her, her actions now in government. You know, there's a lot of very simple things she can do for that country now to, to turn things around um, with the migration thing and all that. So it's unbelievable times. And I suppose Sweden as well. You mentioned Sweden getting there. A right-wing uh, government elected as well. The nonsense that's been imposed on, on the Swedish people over the last uh, 15, 20 years with, with migration uh, is, is is kicking home and the population over there seem to be sick and tired of it now. So it, that's a positive as well, you know. And then who's next, you know, that might have a right-wing government? And I think I was talking to someone earlier on today that uh, these governments, the government we have here, I think are running quite scared, you know, and that's why you can see the desperation coming in when they're when they're going after. It feels, it definitely feels that they have, somebody somewhere has made a phone call that we need to go after these guys and we need to punish them. We need to, we need to get them to stop what they're doing by any means necessary now. And um, they're trying to get us into the judicial system and once we're in the judicial system, they can, whatever, manufacture yeah. lies and fairy tales about you that's it there was a report came out today that the uk won't be accepting any asylum applications from migrants coming across the channel so i wonder now is that are, are they going to be coming this direction now i think they already are um from some of the stuff i've seen just in my own travels but as well as in the, the, uh, sorry, i mentioned that brave woman sharon o'brien who walked into that uh, sports arena there over in uh, Blanchardstown uh, last weekend exposing these Middle Eastern type African military age males all being uh, you know lined up in their beds accommodated here in Dublin and then somebody mentioned that there was a kind of an English Pakistani accent from one of them he tried to say something smart about being like I'm Michael Jackson or something and 
So I think that's already happening, that they're coming because of Brexit and things like that. I think they're coming here instead. And um, it's a planned, manufactured scenario here where the government obviously want to um, lob as many non-Irish people into the country as quick as they can to um, achieve their goals, you know, and their promises to the UN. Have you ever looked into it, um, Philip? Because, you know, like their rationale, but their public rationale is, oh, you know, that we're, our population is below replacement and these are to come in and pay the pensions of the Irish. What do you really think is the idea of it? Yeah, I think there's probably a few different things. Um, it definitely, it's demographics and it's it's the voting demographics as well. I mean, they know that, that generally the people, you only have to look at the non-nationals walking around the streets even now and it tends to be, you know, um, uh, I don't want to single anyone out, but it's like a lot of the Chinese migrants like to still wear their masks. A lot of the foreigners that are here like to still wear their masks and it's like a symbol to me that they're trying to show their obedience and gratitude. Oh, thanks for having me. I'll do exactly what you tell me to do. You know, the demographics, and, and these people will vote for the people who, who let them come into the country. And and these guys know this as well. And then it's the like the World Economic Forum thing, the, the UN Global Migration Pact that, um, you know, Charlie Flanagan ran over and Simon Colby ran over to Marrakesh to sign up Ireland, you know, the best in the class. First up, you know, we'll, we'll have this open border thing coming in here. And so partly to pay pensions, they believe. But, I mean, these people who are coming in will have to have pensions as well. So, um, yeah, and then the whole lack of, um, I suppose, um, regard for for where these people are going to live, you know, and, and then suddenly we have a, a housing crisis. But I think the bottom line is, is, is they want to make economic units out of us and, and the demographics. And uh, another theory I would have had as well is that the Irish spirit um, is is a big uh, fear factor for them. I think I think they're afraid of of the Irish um, and the spiritual Irishness that's there in people. Um, it's it's very influential around the world, you know. Um, and, I, and I think they want that gone. So there's a, there's a number of little factors that, just in my opinion, um, are, are the causes for this demographic replacement, you know. Um, and it is replacement. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you come down to where I live, Tala, you know, just walk outside the door, and it's just there's just eighty percent of the population are non-Irish, you know. Oh, and there's a lot of areas like that now. Um, and they can't seem to get enough of these uh, military age males. Uh, and I, and I, hate, I hate too much speculation, you know. We're all entitled to just give our, our thoughts and opinions, but too much speculation. But people have started saying to me, you know, do they want to bring these people in to create some kind of security force, you know? Uh, that's a kind of a worry as well. So there's no good news out there, Gavin, <laughs> at the well, moment. I know. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I just want to touch back on some of the work you did, which I I, I thought was brilliant. The just on the the LGBT and the schools was it the the yeah. into? The, how did you did you ever get anywhere with that fellow you were chasing up with in the into? Not yet, but uh, believe me, I haven't forgotten about him, and uh, I I definitely love to to get him on camera. Um, I think it was shortly after I got that that one. I think I'm more in the like a, a assistant general secretary. I managed to nab her at the hotel there um, in the Ashley Hotel in town. She was after been telling everyone she was going to this conference. So I said, I'd go down and see, could I ask her a few questions? You know, shock horror. She she appeared in front of me and uh, 
when you ask them a question, they tend to tell you how inappropriate you are for asking this question, you know. And, and a very um, a crucial thing for any school or teacher to be foisting upon kids, a cartoon that's telling you in, in all seriousness that you can, you know, change in from a boy to a girl. And it's good that you're doing that. And it's great that we're aware that you're making us aware that you want feel this way, you know. And, uh, yeah, she can turn around and tell you how inappropriate you are. And then this uh, John Boyle fella, who, uh, I, um, for anyone who doesn't know, I know this man from previous lives and through the GAA. And uh, I, I kind of, you know, always regarded him as, as a good guy, you know, and a hard-working school principal. Um, and I'm absolutely appalled and shocked that... Uh, He's putting his name to this absolute delusion um, and putting it on, on primary school children. And he's going to be brought to the book for this. Um, I, I hope he's listening. If you had any credibility, John, or any honour, you, you would come to me and talk to me about this, like, um, and come to me on camera and, and explain yourself to the people and, and the parents of Ireland. Like, it's absolutely sickening. And like pushing this LGBT, and, I, and after that thing with Maureen Eclair, I noticed one of his one of the journals, it was a June uh, monthly journal or magazine that the INTO have. And by the way, um, anyone, anyone out there who doesn't know, the Irish National Teachers Organization are probably one of the biggest unions in the country. I think they have over 40,000 members. So this um, this magazine that... Um, he published. He put a little a little piece at the end where his his personal notes, and he made it his business to mention, you know, that we're very proud to be supporting LGBT teachers and, and stuff. You know, you know, they're not just supporting them; they're giving them the free run of the whole union. They've they've infiltrated and overrun the place. There's a guy there called um, Geary, David Geary, who's he's a communications manager as well, and he's another guy I'd like to ask a few questions to. And he's a big advocate for the uh, LGBT stuff as well. So I don't know what it is. I mean, is is are they getting paid to do this? Are are, are they afraid not to do it? Are they been told if they don't, you know, that they lend their careers? Because I'm shocked at the likes of this man, John Boyle, who was a gale goer, a Donegal man, a GAA man. Um, I don't know if he has any children himself. I don't. I don't. Somehow, I don't. I don't think so. But it, like to be doing this in in the position he's in is absolutely inexcusable. And uh, trying to uh, convince people um, that this this delusion of of gender dysphoria, you know, it has to be um, mainstreamed and and uh, you know, uh, and promoted to the primary school children. I, I'm just shocked. I'm, I'm not going to stop going it, after it. It's a go-along to get-along thing, isn't it? Kind of like what we have experienced over the last two and a half years. People don't have the balls to be frank and speak yeah. their mind or are they afraid of being vilified or what has come over people. Yeah, I mean, it's afraid to go against the herd. But I mean, I suppose when he's on a salary like of the goods of maybe, I don't know, he could be on between 150, 200,000 a year in that job. I mean, it's like these... Um, media personalities as well who are on this um, gravy train and they don't want to be thrown off the gravy train because they're they're creaming the money out of it so um i don't know what it is it, it, it's partly fear some of them it's fear and some of them it's their career and some of them it's the money they want to stay on on, on the money at the gravy train it's it's like a spell actually it's like an evil spell that these people are under even judges judges that could take you know enoch pork people are, are saying oh he he, he breached the um you know, a court order and that. Like, but I mean, this is like, 
any school who goes into a courtroom and tells a judge that we've suspended this man because he's refused to call this boy a girl. I mean, any right-thinking judge would turn around and say, excuse me, get out of my courtroom, and if you ever come back in here to waste my time with this nonsense, I'll prosecute you, the school, the school principal, whoever is pushing this. Um, these judges are going along. The, are, are they, you know, bought and paid for? Are they being... Um, told phone calls you know you have to you have to go along with this this agenda you uh you you make sure this guy you know he doesn't get out we don't give him any any leeway whatsoever yeah, pretty terrifying for parents though like at the moment for for any parent that's normal minded uh, it is terrifying and, and i've kids of my own and i mm. i just one for parents that would be listening like the, the, the likes of tiktok and even youtube they're not for kids unsupervised I know no. from my own kids, you'd fall off the chair sometimes to be sitting in the background and, and it'd be something aimed at children. And then there, it's like a 22-year-old presenter messing around with children's toys. And, and then they're talking about, you know, two toys are now, you know, just bringing gender theory into stuff that's absolutely aimed at children from YouTube and TikTok. And now it's in the schools. It is terrifying. Yeah. And then you just have to look at the, the, like the, the children's... Uh what you call the Christmas show on our on the late night show, you know, and uh, the way that scumbag Tuberty is is uh, you know they're coming up with these uh, transgender dolls. Back in the day when it was me growing up, we had you know guys that were a bit effeminate, and we had girls that were a bit masculine and a tomboyish, and uh, most of us just didn't make a big deal, and we just get on with it, and and uh, you know everybody moved on and got on with their lives and most of them turned out to be fine and you know if they were gay they were gay and whatever lesbian they were lesbian so no big deal like you know just don't go pushing it on everybody you know just do it in your own private private life and uh, that doesn't isn't allowed to happen anymore but i suppose it, it's like the, what happened with the uh, the church the infiltration of the catholic church you couldn't say it like these priests were, you know, these paedophile priests and, and gay priests that were abusing their positions. And not everybody was afraid to speak up. And people knew what was going on. I mean, you know, teachers and parents and things knew what was going on. And everybody was afraid to speak up. And the thing is now, like, it's either you make a choice, you either fight for your kids and, and you have um, all this LGBT or critical race theory, you know, and pure and total indoctrination. And I think just parents just need to get tough and they need to go into their principles and they need to, the parents and their children are being bullied, as far as I'm concerned, by the establishment, by the system. You know, some of these school teachers and principals are radicals, you know, and you just have to go in there and, and bully them back and, and threaten them with either whatever you can, law, make them go in public, you know, that you do not want your child to be part of this um, radical sex education nonsense that they're bringing in. And the um, critical race theory stuff, you know, and, and, and medical advice as well with, with um, the woohoo flu stuff as well, you know. Sorry, guys, I just wanted my child here to do, you know, reading and writing and arithmetic, you know. And I don't want your teacher's political uh, ideology forced down their necks, you know. That's 100%. Like, why can't they just leave, leave the schools to teach in the, you know, the English, the Irish and the maths and leave the birds and the bees for the parents? Like, yeah, is it, is it too much to ask? Is it? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. But it it it, it is now, being, and that you know makes you you know a transphobe and a homophobe. You know, if you don't want to go along with this, you know, it's 
it's the insidious psychology that they're they're using and they're well thought out um over years you know and uh, going back i think you know communists ussr used to uh they used to create these um and they'd have these psychologists create these strategies, you know, to uh, destroy the West cultures and things like that, you know. It's just a way to, uh, I suppose, get the kids early and then and, and make them make them little activists nearly, you know. So the work is done, you know. It's a lot easier to, to destroy and corrupt a child than it is an adult. I harp on about it a lot because I think it's, a, it's one of the biggest issues um, of our time now. It's really crucial that we, we, we fight for our kids and stop them being corrupted. Like, it's just relentless. Every time you turn on the TV, you know, every time uh, you open a, a newspaper or whatever, not that I read newspapers, I watch TV anymore, but it's it's just, uh, it's nonstop. And, it, you know, it's on the streets, it's on billboards, it's on buses. It, it's it's time, very hard to protect know, the kids, though, Philip. It's very hard to mm. protect them. Like, with the, the rainbow as well, it's children kind yeah. of gravitate to that colour. So, like, if I'm walking yeah. along the street, with my child, you know, five, six years of age, you don't want to have these conversations with them. Like, Daddy, what's that? It's toxic, in my, in my opinion. And these radicals, Gavin, that will, will tell you, you know, it was a, there's a pharmaceutical company down the road from me, Ayrton Road here in Tallinn. I, I called in there with the camera one day and I tried to ask them, like, that they have the, not just the LGBT, but that paedophile um, blue and white and brown triangle in it, you know, um, and I'm asking them, like, what, what, what's this all about? Why are you promoting this? You know, there's children going by, like, this is a, are you, you understand what the flag's about? And, I, and like, they all tell you it's about inclusivity and, you know, uh, equality and all that. And um, absolute nonsense, you know. And then if you go any deeper with them, like, they'll just, they'll, they'll, it's like you're looking at a bulldog chewing a wasp, the faces on them, you know. They, they, they can't answer any other further questions down the road about what the actual flag represents and who who created these flags and, and the LGBT lobby group. and You know, they're, they're a political lobby group that are uh, actively working to, to get at your kids, you know. And um, this is like, oh, no, we're about equality. This is about the oppression of gay people as if, you know, gay people in general aren't... Uh, been uh, attacked and oppressed here in Ireland, and yeah, aside from our incident in Sligo, um, where with the beheading by allegedly by a jihadi. So, I just had a thought there recently as well with all the propaganda against you know the Irish male and, and, and male toxicity and, and masculinity. I'm just thinking back of the recent high profile killings in this country over the last six seven months. And when you look back and you you look at the alleged perpetrators, you know, where we had, uh, what was the most recent? There's, there's a, a woman now who's been arrested um, with two children who who were murdered in a car on fire. And, and, and that was horrific. That looked looked like a, a murder-suicide effort. She, she was taken out of the car and the two children, God love them, died. Um, we had um, the two gay men in Sligo who were beheaded. That was by a, a non-Irish, allegedly non-Irish um, Muslim. Um, and we had poor Ashlyn Murphy, who was murdered in Tullamore by a non-Irish, allegedly um, Roma, Gypsy. Um, and we had a another triple murder here in Tala. This guy is allegedly a gay traveller. So none of these murders have been uh, that the, the people who are allegedly the perpetrators 
are masculine um, Irish males. And um, I'm sure I'm leaving one or two out um, of these, these recent murders. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Um, it, it just shows you the hypocrisy and the madness like that, that's, that's going on, that's been pushed out there by, by the regime, by the, by the government, you know? And yeah, and then to come out and say Irish mammies need to have a chat with their son. I never, I, I, I couldn't yeah. get my head around that after the Ashton Murphy thing. I just thought to myself, do you know the suicide rate in Ireland for men? It's three to one or something to women, or roughly two to one yeah. or three to one. Like it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And would you be surprised? You know the way the way you know the country has has developed uh, for them. Like you know, it's it's not surprising. You know, and and it's it's a horrific statistic. You know. So yeah, it's I don't know. Um, as I said, it is quite depressing, and I think there's people, people listening here tonight. I mean, again, it's okay, you know, to get a bit down about this, you know, but just you just can't let it beat you, you know. You have to pick yourself up, you know, from time to time. Yeah, it is demoralizing and everything else, but at the end of the day, there is, you know, a country here to be fought for, and you know, Do you know, when it's about the schism in, in RTE with. The, with the LGBT agenda, you know, was Joe Duffy or something fell foul of them, and they pulled funding. Is that like there is positive signs out there? I know we're we're in the absolute throes of it now, but I can yeah. see a lot of the crumbling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Over time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's Ireland. We are, you know, top of the class for all this um, social justice uh, madness and cultural Marxism and everything else. So. Um, yeah, no, there is. I mean, I, I've I've been I've kind of witnessed. I've stood back from a group of people there, and I, I kind of know. Um, and they're your normie, your typical normie type, Finnegan voter, you know. And uh, I stood away a couple of yards from the camp, but I could overhear them talking about the uh, the amount of Ukrainian uh, migrants coming in. It's just ridiculous now. Like it's just crazy, you know. And this is the type of language they're speaking, you know. And um, that's encouraging, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, I, I, again, I, I'm getting a lot of people. I'm noticing the last month or so are coming up to me on the street, like, and who are recognizing and who are watching what I'm doing, and, and you know, they're delighted that I'm doing what I'm doing, and they're thanking me and everything else. And that's that gives me a lift as well when somebody comes over and says, "Fair play to you. I've seen your stuff, and well done." Blah blah blah. You know, it just tells me that the the message is getting out there. You know, coinciding with that is like. Um, they, I think the the regime are starting to get worried. They are starting to get more draconian, I suppose, or, or they're d- trying to double down. Nearly, you know, they're trying to push this sex ed uh, as hard as they can in the schools now. You know, the, the teachers union are they're still pushing out this LGBT uh, stuff and, and and in their magazines and stuff and, and in their literature. You know, um, is it to say like, oh well, I've done, I've, I've gone ahead with this now, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to call. I, can't go back on it like you know but by god if i have my way they'll be going back on it i can tell you you know yeah that's what needs to happen i i think myself that it is so extreme that that tavistock institute was it was big in england where they they go and the people can transition or get prescribed these tablets whatever and i know there was some kind of influence in ireland and they were getting some pushback and i think the likes of jordan peterson people coming out and saying like calling out what it is like that it's butchery yeah you can't reverse this Especially no. this gender, when you when you go taking these tablets, and there's pages here on on this platform, people are called detransitioners. 
which isn't a thing either because you can't go back. And their stories, yeah. your your heart would go out to them. Absolutely heart would yeah. go out to them. At 14 years of age, they were put onto these tablets or whatever. And the way they're left, they have no sexual function. They have, they're leaking, you know, after the toilet. It's it's horrific. Yeah. What, what to, actually, this is going to be one of the biggest crimes. You know what I mean? It'd be like the lobotomies or like one of these things that happened in the past. And then it was, you know, that yeah. was the biggest mistake we've ever made. I think that's what we're, we're, we're in now. Yeah, and then on top of it all, we have this, this um, so-called Minister for Children, Roger O'Gorman, and every time I say his name, I feel I kind of feel ill, you know. And and we will see, we'll have to see how many cases. Apparently, he's been involved in, and and you know, of course, the Department of Health are referring children that are supposed to be um, having confusion about their gender or gender dysphoria over to this Tavistock place. I mean, this, this, this Tavistock clinic to the likes of Roderick O'Gorman is the, um, you know, the mecca for, for, for sending these children. You know, this is going to be, um, that this is going to be the solution to their problems, you know, and, and the opposite is, is the case. And here's a man who's given the responsibility as minister, who's on a massive salary, um, who's actually gay himself, uh, who won't have his own children, and what won't be rearing, he might try, I don't know, God help us, see if he, if he tries to adopt uh, children himself. It's like, um, this is what we put in charge. And, and, and prior to that, we had, had Catherine Saponi as Minister for Children, another gay woman, you know, lesbian woman. So, you know, there's a pattern here, but, you know, it's the, you said the victims of this, like these children, there's no going back. You know, these these tablets that they're giving them, you know, are supposed to be the ones um, they some of these tablets are used for um, castrating, um, chemically castrating men, male rapists or whatever they're used in the US, I think. Um, and they're giving them to, to, to children who are having gender dysphoria, confused about their gender, you know, and they're mutilating their bodies. So, I mean, these are crimes, uh, Gavin, I think I agree with you there. These are evidence, and we all need to archive and gather evidence. That's a big part of what I'm trying to do as well, is, is archive what's going on. Um, and then, you know, hopefully sometime in the future we'll all be able to say, well, we're not going to allow this nonsense to happen again. You know, we'll put something in 100%. place. You see, and it's a big money business now, Philip. I, I do follow a few of these libs of TikTok and stuff like this, and you, you see these doctors mm. in the US. Like, it's like over the years, these different fads for, for wealthier people who are, you know, that way inclined, you know, nose jobs, boob jobs, all these kind of things. But they're kind of a cash cow. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever the fad at the time is, these surgeons are making book off it. And now this is this is the fad. Like, if one woman bragging that she's after um, performing like 7,000 double mastectomies, You've cut the breast of 7,000 probably cognitively wrong uh, teenage girls and, and, and you're proud that that's your, yeah. you're, you're advertising that and, and drumming up support for your business. Stop the world. I want to get off. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, the usual cases, you know, you follow the money, you know, who, who's benefiting from, from all of these um, crazy ideologies, these crazy ideas. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's sickening. It's it's deplorable. And these people need to be um, they need to be put in front of a, a judge and jury of their peers and, and prosecuted for these things. Like you know, no, hundred percent. To keep it positive, I think what you said there earlier is what we what we all need to do as parents is a strong letters need to go into the schools. 
um, with maybe threatening yeah. legal action that under no uncertain terms that that any of this is to be put, put yeah. uh, towards the kids. Just little little actions we can take. I do think the tide will turn eventually, Philip. Uh, I, yeah. I do. I, I I believe that. We're we're hitting peak. We're hit, we're hitting peak liberalism. <laughs> we've had we've had a yeah maybe we've we've had a, enough of the insanity now. Um, I met a lovely old couple there last weekend, and I overheard them talking. Uh, I was in a GA club, and they were um, mentioning that the fuel situation, you know, and uh, the fire had been just lit in the club, you know, beautiful fire. But uh, the next thing um, they were going on about all the um, the the, the injustices that's going on and how like the, the fuel bills going up and the electricity and I ended up having a great chat with them but the, the, the husband was so uh, awake to what was going on and he's a 71 year old man a lovely gentleman and, and a lovely woman and like we didn't agree on everything they weren't up to speed but this man was really he was more up to speed than his wife I reckon but um, he you know he's he's just sick and tired of it like he just he cannot believe in his lifetime that so much nonsense has been inflicted from on them from their government, you know, you know the Green New Deal and all this nonsense, you know, um, and and I think a lot of people are, are reaching that point, and I, and I think it's it's when you know the money runs out when people's pockets and it's starting, and I think this winter is going to be you know all the indicators and all the commentators we know are saying the same thing and that this is going to be a dark bleak uh, winter. So it's when their pockets are hit, it's when the people will start to say, you know, uh, let's deal, let's start dealing in reality again, you know. I, I think I think that's exactly it. When the, the gravy train train comes down and the, the bread and circuses, people start to ask questions. So we we were at kind of doing a lot of activism over the the lockdowns and stuff like that. People were I think the fear had a grip on people. It was like a spell and they didn't want to hear. Well, with these messages around you know, cashless society, ban and turf, people are more inclined to listen. People's ears are picking up. I had exact similar situation to yours there, like chatting a retired couple and we had a natter for about two hours and, and they were they were shocked with a lot of stuff that I was saying to them, but they were on board with it. Like they were yeah. agreeing with me and they were questioning things. So it isn't all lost. I think now is the time to double down on our efforts. And I think that's what you're doing with Derek Bly, all the different things that you're involved in. And the Men of Ireland trek is is a great thing to be involved in yeah. as well. Yeah, just yeah, um, you, you brought up the Men of Ireland trek. Yeah, that's been um, that's been a great uh, kind of experience there now uh, since last year. Uh, we started in was it May May twenty twenty one, and I'm just if anyone's out there now, you know, if you want to get involved in it with us, you can email me at it's okay to be Irish at protonmail.com. Just send us an email, introduce yourself, let us know your name and a few details, and we'll get in touch with you. The Men of Ireland Trek was kind of started by myself and one or two other guys uh, because of the fact that we were. I was noticing a lack of men out there, you know, putting the message out and, and pushing back and being heard. And, and uh, I decided to try and gather up as many men who were right, the same, you know, people with the same... Uh, you know, views and they're awake and they, 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 they're, they're realizing what's happening to them, what's happening to their country and uh, get us together to meet up and network and just come up with ideas and how we can push back on this. Um, and we started off doing treks up the hills and it was, you know, it was great for the morale, you know, as well. 
So we've gathered up a good group of men now, and uh, you know, Derek Bly is one of them, and Tommy Murphy down in Cork, Derek's brother. He's coming out now doing public speaking, and he's he's always been active. Um, and then so we blended it now between doing treks up the mountains, and we've kind of been just been busier lately doing activism and getting out and about. I'm proud to say we were down in Bale and Law, and that was kind of a gig by the men of Ireland where we, we put the we put the loudspeaker up with the, uh, putting Michal on, on repeat saying he had wanted nothing to do with the Irish sovereignty, you know, uh, backwards sovereignty um, when he was down there making a show of himself trying to, uh, you know, virtue signal about the death of Michael Collins and we all know what Michael Collins would do with Michal Martin if he was alive today uh, and Leo, but uh, Stuff like that. We've been to hospitals where people have gotten touched and been uh, refused and, and not been allowed in to see their, their sick parents. And we've managed to be able to get them in. Um, and we've been out looking at looking for this um, this Chico Mekanda uh, serial uh, rapist or sex offender who was uh, let, let free, let loose on the streets of Dublin and Ireland um, after and, and not... Um, not obeying his order to go back to uh, wherever he came from. He was given two weeks to leave the country and he still has been spotted walking around Dublin and a few other cities, Waterford, um, and putting women and children in danger, you know. So we went looking for him around the city to kind of just expose him. We were not going to do anything silly now. We were just going to ask him questions and put him on camera and show the people, like, this is what your, your justice system is is doing and then as i said the likes of chico mccando is walking the streets now he, he eventually got arrested and i don't know whether that was public pressure from the likes of us or not but he got he's back in jail apparently and um, i'm hearing for breaching that 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 condition that the judge laid on laid upon him um but um that's the kind of thing that uh, we we're doing in the men of ireland uh, trek we're not just you know, going for walks up the mountains. It's not a social club. Um, it's lads who are prepared to go out and do some activism and just, you know, and create awareness as well among, among uh, you know, the community. Uh, it's, it's an absolutely great initiative. I don't drive myself for getting around, but I'd love to go myself one well, day with you if you're around the Midlands or something. I, I, I love the outdoors myself, and I think it's a great yeah. initiative for all the reasons you've said. You've got the camaraderie there, and also then, you know, you have men there that could that can go and get their voice heard. You know, so I think it's a brilliant initiative. Yeah, and 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 it's there's a lot of men out there who are kind of uh, cocooned in, into families where they, they they the family is are all you know zombified as I call them, and they're, they're fast asleep to what's going on, and it's a lonely place to be. So, you know, and it also gives you a. Gives you a great sense of, of gratification when we go off and do something like bail in the blah or get that lady in to see her, her father in hospital. You know, there is a bit of elation there. There's a you feel that you've done something worthwhile as well. You know, something for the cause, something to push back. As I said, um, any man that wants to get in touch, and it's not happening against the ladies out there. We will be doing the odd get together um, for for the ladies, but. Um, it's like it's because the men have been kind of missing. Uh, I've, I've, and this is just my opinion how I felt that we haven't had enough men out there pushing back and, and fighting for their country and fighting for their children, you know. So, um, yeah, 
get in touch, guys. Anyone out there who, who feels uh, they want to uh, get involved in the Men of Ireland track? If we could all just, you know, and and that's we can all we can only do what we can, but it's just reaching out to someone, you know, the neighbor, you know, or whatever, trying to get out to the whole the line, join the Men of Ireland trek. Yeah. It is important now. Like now is the time that with the economy going the way it is, there is anger out there. Like it's not like the COVID. A lot of people were kind of disheartened with the lockdowns and stuff. For sure, people have been nearly spitting on you. Do you know what I mean? Where this stuff yeah. is, it's a different, it's a different ball game. People are more, far more receptive. Yeah, and and again, it's the networking part of it too. We get to know what uh, other guys' professions are, what skills they have. You know, we we you know have mechanics, we we have carpenters, you know, accountants, solicitors, every profession, um, and we can all use each other's services. You know, if we need them and and support one another as well in that way. That's that's a good aspect to it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something great. I encourage anyone to hit you up on that email and, and get involved. With it. That's what we need. Like, it is unity. And like you said, it, it, it takes away the monotony. And, you know, even if you're going up the mountains, uh, you, you feel great after being out and out and about in the in yeah. nature. And then, like you said there, when you're on the front line outside a place or any of the different um, initiatives that you put forward, you go home and you sleep well at night. It's your own conscience. Is like, especially if you have children, when they're going to look at you, you know, in the future and say, what did you do? Or where were you when all this was going on? And at least if you tried. Yeah, and that's everyone can only do their best. I'm only trying to do my best in my particular situation in life. Um, yeah, there are consequences. But, you know, I think like you won't achieve anything without making some kind of sacrifice, you know. But I mean, And I wouldn't ask anybody to, you know, you don't necessarily have to do copy exactly what I do or what anyone else else does. You you can use your own imagination to find a way to push back that best suits your life. You know, I'm not asking anyone necessarily to put their head on the chopping block and, and lose their careers or, or there's other ways you can support people like myself or Derek, or whatever you can support us quietly, like financially or whatever, if you can't get out and be active and if you can be out and be active get out there and come out and meet us and stand with us and you will believe me you will get a great sense of pride in what you're doing real pride pride in your country and pride in, in yourself you'll feel like you're doing something worthwhile and meaningful you know 100 percent. because everyone's like what can we do and they're kind of some, sometimes they can find it a bit like despair or whatever but things like that it does it definitely um what people need give you a, give you a good boost. We need to keep putting pressure on these um, these tyrants that are around this country. You know, as I used to say on the doorsteps when I was when I ran for election, you know, I'd meet the odd person that'd be awake, and I'd, I'd kind of say to them like these these guys in charge. And this was even before this was going going back before that the the so called the, the woohoo flu hit. Um, it was like these these guys are you know not just corrupt they're, they're psychopathic like they, they're they're bringing in a replacement into this country like not never seen before a plantation that's never been seen before in, in our history you know the pace of it um and, the, and they're being psychopathic about it like you know fanatical about driving this forward you know and that, to the point where none of them none of them would speak about migration at the doorsteps during the election and boy have they proved me right afterwards when this this woohoo so-called woohoo flu hit you know how psychopathic they have become now like it's gone off the charts even beyond my wildest dreams now like an you know, imagination that, that they're gone this bad i i, I think it's, it's very unfair 
Like if you have, say, you're 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 born and bred in the country, your 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 parents, parents, parents have contributed to the country, they've built the country, you know, all the services that we have they've paid into, it's very, very unfair to just have someone come across on a, a you know, in the back of a container or on a wherever way to come in and then mm. be allowed to avail of something that they've never contributed to. Yeah, yeah. On the basis that they, you know, have emotionally blackmailed the Irish population into um, they have to feel like they are obliged to these people, you know, to every stranger that darkens your door, you know, and it's a great one as well. You, you kind of ask, I, I had a recent, uh, what would you call it, excursion, it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet, but um, of uh, a school that's been, um, let's say, turned into a refugee camp in County Mead, and they've lobbed 400 unvetted Went men, women, and children into a, into the school, uh, secondary school, alongside these students. I listened to what these people had to say. They called a meeting um, of the Ministry for Children, you know, and um, the sheer contempt that they had for the parents, you know, and the contempt that these people have for the general population. And, and But the guilt they were trying to, you know, love onto the parents about, well, you can't object to this. These people are fleeing war, you know. I don't know what they're fleeing. Nobody knows. I mean, anybody can walk into this country and uh, claim to be anything they want, you know, because they know now that they'll be believed and they'll get, you know, free stuff, lots of free stuff. But the the, the responsibility of these people who are telling you you should feel guilty and, and you know, who are virtue signaling, so you just ask them, you know, how many people, how many migrants have you got living in your house, you know? Um and I can guarantee you, like, 99% of them won't have one, you know. But it's okay for them to live among your school, your your children or else, your children in school or else um, other communities, but not theirs, you know. Exactly, but it's okay until you can't find a place to live or you're on a hospital waiting list or, you know what I mean, your child, the, yeah. the school, is the, the classrooms are full, you know, the teacher's trying to teach 30 children instead of 10 or whatever yeah. it should be. Like, that's... That's the whole, the holy, all of it. I mean, the utter insanity of, of a, a nation or a country our, our size, you know, and, and its population to be made feel that um, whenever the next war occurs, you know, we have to take in an unlimited amount of, of uh, refugees from that country. I mean, it's utter insanity, like, and, and you know, we have... <laughs> grown adults going around the vast majority of the grown adults in this country they're all going along with this you know it's been, it's mind-boggling really for me i, I just it, it breaks my heart because it seems like there's an attack on the the nuclear family if, if we're below replacement level can we not incentivize the irish to have more children you know what i mean and put the family back where it should be in the constitution front and center and um, yeah. encourage it and then we'll increase our population there won't be an Irish population, you know, but it has to bear, it has to be borne out. Like, who are they to, to do this? Who do they think they are? They're a flash in the pan in Irish history. 70 years, you live eight years and you're gone. A flash in yeah. the pan. And they can well, get to the gears of government and just do do irreversible changes to, to, to the island. A, an island that's proud, that the island of saints and scholars. Do you know what I mean? And, and just put, put it all into the into the mixing pot and, and destroy it. And it's it's clear now. It's it's so obvious that um, these people they aren't they aren't working on behalf of the Irish people. They aren't representing the Irish people. They're representing somebody else. They're representing the UN, the globalists, the EU, 
and uh, the Irish people are at the bottom of the ladder here, you know, with, with, with what they're, what they're, um, how they're behaving and what they're doing. Um, yeah. Just to touch on that, Philip, this thing, this young global leader thing, and someone said something, I've seen it done more recently, the whole idea of this World Economic Forum, and they have these young global leaders nearly in in every cabinet in the West, and the thing about them being young is that they're looking for what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. So if you have someone young there as a a Taoiseach or Prime Minister or whatever, they're there for their eight years, they're they're 40, something years of age, they're more worrying about what their career is going to be for the rest of their life. So this, I think that suits them, this, this whole idea of the young, young leaders, because they're easier then to, to, you know, hold the character. There's a job for you in Europe in the end, or? Yeah, I mean, it's a job for life for them, yeah, and, and it's a prestigious job, and it's a, it's a life of luxury and, and, and chauffeur-driven cars, and, you know, you name it, like, you know, lavish lunches and dinners constantly, you know, being, being looked after, and you'll never have a, you know, a financial worry, and, uh, yeah, this is how these guys are enticed into this, um, and uh, look at look at the destruction in their wake. You know, it, it, it's and, and they're in, they're all over the world, as you say, like in, in most cabinets and governments, and um, and they're open about it. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. You know, like it's not. You know, we would have been talking about this, you know, six or seven years ago, and it would be conspiracy theories. You know, so um, yeah, it's 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 wide open. They're brazen. They're so brazen about it, you know. Um, I just we'll, we're going to wrap it up shortly because we're near time. But I'm thinking po- po- political solutions. Now I do have a bit of a soft spot for say the National Party and maybe the Irish Freedom Party. I, I'm not like I haven't. I'm not a member of either. But um, that's the kind of direction I'm looking at. Is is there a political solution to this? Is there any hope in that sphere? Well, Gavin, that's a yeah. That's just a million dollar question. Is there? A, we all want there to be one. Will this regime we're in allow there to be one? I don't know. I mean, I've, people have asked me, you know, will I run as an independent or whatever? Um, my biggest worry is, is that even if the likes of myself ran and, and did exceptionally well and someone from the National Party, Irish Freedom Party, did exceptionally well, would those votes ever be allowed to see the light of day, you know? Um, this is what I'm concerned about and what's happened in America with Joe Biden getting elected. I, I firmly, firmly believe that election was corrupted and it was, um, yeah, sabotaged. And um, I think that's given them now carte blanche, you know, to uh, sabotage any further elections that we have, you know. Now, having said that, on the other side of it is that we've seen this um, right-wing party get elected in, in, in Italy and getting elected in Sweden. So, um, you know, generally when I say all of this, I, I kind of hope that I'm wrong. But I'm just, you know, talking off my instincts and that. So I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to be one. We all do because what's the alternative to a political solution? You know, uh, it's not worth thinking about. But are these people willing to, you know, that they won't let us speak? They won't give us a platform to argue our case, our points of view with them, you know, publicly. Uh, if anybody saw me trying to go down to their lo- my local uh public meeting with my local left-wing uh, TDs, you know, they deliberately keep you out and they won't let you uh, debate them. So that's the beginning of it, I'm afraid. It's it's dark stuff, but unfortunately, you know, I'd love to be coming on here talking, <laughs> talking about, you know, All-Ireland Hurling Finals or something like that. Good stuff, but it's, it's just at the moment, it's bleak and it's dark, unfortunately. 
No, I, I agree with you. We just have to use it as as a motivation to keep pushing forward. And I do think with the economics that's happening around the world, um, people are, yeah. are you know, there's an anger level now, and it's, and it's rising steadily by the day. And it is, you know, it, it now is not the time to give up, and uh, all's not lost. It's basically the, the message I'd say there. But um, there, yeah, on that point, Gavin, there you have yeah that anger. I suppose I think that could be seeding underneath it all in the in the Irish consciousness. Like is um, the people who didn't go back for their boosters. There's a huge amount of people, like like probably under sixty, um, and they've all said to themselves, probably, uh, oh, I'm not doing this again. I mean, what's this is? I'm not afraid of COVID or whatever, and. Um, and they've uh, decided not to. And they're going to have to f- question themselves now further as to why I'm not going back. And hold on a second. I'm, do- I'm doing more research. I'm after being conned here. I'm after being fooled. And they're after, you know, getting me involved in a game of Russian roulette. And the further they go down and see, and they look at the, the, the uh, adverse reactions, the nine pages of adverse reactions from Pfizer, um, there, there's going to be an anger there, I think, that will eventually you know, erupt and, and spill out, you know. I think um, I, I just wouldn't like to be a, an Irish politician uh, right now, to be honest with you, you know, a, gov- a government politician. I think that's, that's the, the talk on the street is all about the cost of living. At the moment, there is anger out there everywhere you go because it's affecting publicans, it's affecting, affecting shopkeepers. Uh, you know, as soon as it hits them in the pocket, they are beginning to, their ears are beginning to prick up to, to more. That, like they're trying to, there's a hunger out there to find out what, exactly is going on there's not a lot of people out there they're so uninformed because the media is you know it's a, it's a mouthpiece for the regime really and there's a hunger out there for truth and for someone to come and connect the dots for a lot of people the sad part of it is uh, I, I think Sinn Féin seem to be poised now to, to come and, and take the reins it seems like people like the the, the, the angry vote is kind of going uh, that's what I'm hearing from everyone you know Ash look they need to go Ash it can't be worse than what we have and I, yeah. I, I think the the image that you have there for for your talk tonight with um Mary Lou with the with the with the burqa or not the what do you call it the hijab <laughs> or whatever the hell it is and and the rainbow flag and like that yeah. yeah. uh, that's that's their that that's them you know down to a T I don't yeah. think the two go together somehow or other. I don't think she's figured that one out. And look at the insanity of that. I mean, I, th- I thought that was a hilarious little meme there, little poster there. But um, look at the insanity of that. And that's what Sinn Féin stand for. And I have great chats with uh, Bosco from Saints and Scholars. You know, people should look him up. Um, he's a great friend of mine. And he's been doing great stuff exposing Sinn Féin, you know, for what they really are. Like, I mean, there's so much um, that we could talk about with Sinn Féin, the, the contradictions in them that, like, they're, they're, they're so such a U-turn on nationalism that they've done over the last 20 odd years it's off the charts and it's the sad part about it is now is that they're looking like they're going to be elected into power in this next in the next election in this country and you know some people say actually that that nice gentleman I spoke to there in, in the GA club said yeah maybe we need someone like Sinn Féin to come in and cause havoc and destruction uh, for for the people, it'll be the final straw for people to wake up, you know. Uh, but how much, you know, devastation and destruction that they'll impose is the problem, you know. And they 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 can't get enough migrants into the country, you know. 
uh, and, and on top of that then you have this corruption of children that they're pushing and, and abortion the likes of Bobby Sands and, and, and all these people would be flipping in their graves you know when they see what they've turned into that's it is a bit frightening I always equate the the, the scenario with Sinn Féin and that was they will give us I think in, in government um, and again I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to be wrong about this but it's going to give us a South Africa over here an Irish South Africa uh, I think you know um, it's going to cause that much strife and division um, and through that under the guise of diversity and inclusion and equality you know that's where this all goes and South Africa is a great example like I have a few friends in South Africa like they live in a compound they live in a compound with, with razor wire going around the, the walls and they have yeah. guns. They're allowed to defend themselves. Yeah. We're not allowed to hear. And it's a different world, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's, I think that's where, where, we're, where we're headed at the moment, unless we can turn it around eventually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, um, that, that's one of the big fears I have, you know. Um, it's not so long ago like that uh, these Sinn Feiners, you know, were taking people into hay barns and shooting them in the back of the head like you know so um that isn't that all that long ago like 30 odd years ago you know in my lifetime what's going on i i i was raging that, that maybe Sinn Féin didn't get in the last time for a simple reason mm-hmm. that, that people now would have had their their fill of them we just need to get them behind us do you know what i mean once you get them out of the way we might get yeah. change in the country do you know what i mean because when they're exposed for what they are or you know and that, and it will happen so that. I think there's loads to be positive about. I know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but there is a lot to be positive about. I do see things kind of changing, and a lot of pushback, a lot of people then um, waking up to the globalist thing. Um, yeah, you know, so uh, there is positive positivity out there, and what the likes of what Derek Bly is doing, there is he's getting a lot of support. What you're doing with him, the Men of Ireland trek, there's loads of things to be getting involved in instead of sitting at home on your hands in despair. You could, there's a yeah. Saturday there to be out. You know what I mean? We can all just keep chipping away at it. There's no point in this. Isn't the time to give up? I, I'm fully convinced this is the, this is yeah. the time now. Over the next so many months and the next year, like people want to act, people want things to be, to change tomorrow. It doesn't that's not how it works. This is this is a five year plan, maybe. You know what I mean? Or a three year plan. It's 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 not going to happen yeah. overnight. But it, you have to keep chipping away at. And a lot of these problems from a, from a kind of a you know a government. Uh, point of view or whatever you know and again i'm not into the government either i mean i'd like to you know decentralize government as much as possible and keep them out of people's lives but i mean the, the, the things that have been done to the country are fixable you know like with the money that was has been wasted and spent on like the likes of ngos like nearly six billion uh, on, on thirty-two thousand ngos in this country i mean another long lump of insanity like that we have to deal with you know money like that can be just you know switched off and redirected you know these please you know come here give me the keys you know i'll see it don't don't come back to work tomorrow like you know and um, cut off all this funding and reallocate that in, into other things like and, and you could incentivize um you know families um young families to to, to have children and uh, young couples irish couples to have fam uh, to get married and make it possible for them to get their own properties cut off social welfare and free stuff for foreigners coming into the country um, and and um, entice uh, emigrants and uh, we have a big emigration problem you know that the emigrants that we have uh, that are living abroad i mean i think there's some 
government said in the last 15 years that about half a million young people left Ireland in the last 15 years. I'm sure that they would love to come back to, to a healthy Ireland, you know, a, a nationalist Ireland that would, um, you know, look after their interests and look after their children. And, and they probably want their children to grow up Irish. Um, you know, and when we incentivize these um, people who are on the free stuff to go back to their own countries and help their own countries and allow our, and free up a lot of accommodation and properties, you know, and incentivize these people, maybe give them, you know, reductions in rent, anything at all, like, I mean, to help them. But it, it can be done. It's possible, you know, that we can reverse this, uh, this replacement that's yeah. happening. I reckon, Philip, we could turn it around really quick once once the polit political conditions are right. Like, all the money they're spending on their, their branding for the current thing, be it a rainbow flags or yellow signs, yeah. if that money was pivoted into promoting, you know, marriage, family, um, yeah. monogamy, you know what I mean? The, the core values that kept civilization going for thousands of years, we could turn it back very, very quickly, very quickly. I think so. And the proof of the pudding will be in Italy. You'll see what this lady now is about in Italy. We'll know very quickly, like, if she's, uh, you know, just posturing, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I, I have a bad feeling there's some, some red flags around her. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope she does uh, right by her country and, and the people who voted for her, you know. Well, thanks a million, Philip. It's a great old chat. And um, yeah. thanks a million for coming on. Um, will we take a few questions? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Um, appreciate it. Ah, Steve Delaney. Just myself. Um, I just said I'd, I just said I'd chime in. I suppose um, I, I'm going to try to to join in on on a on a nugget of information you were kind of hitting on there just at the end of your chat, lads, about you know how to incentivize the Irish to come home. Very simple. You give them the deposit for their mortgage, and you open the door for them in terms of planning. How much is a deposit for a mortgage? Fifteen, twenty thousand. They come home from whatever country they're in with all their wealth back to here. Uh, that's a very cheap solution, and I know it sounds like a lot of money up front for a deposit, but if if you look at like let's say the rental market here, you could do the same with the Irish here already, who pay we we like the state pays taxpayer pays about fifteen to twenty thousand a year. Uh, renting properties for individuals, uh, almost almost per individual or per family. Um, instead instead of paying that per year, you could give that to them as a deposit for a house, and that this is what we should be doing for our own people. All the solutions are out there in all of our heads, uh, and I think it's now, it's now time to stop looking at the fucking fire every evening and complaining and get out there, tell people your ideas. If you're not going to run for office, it doesn't matter. Put the ideas in people's heads. Show them the, show them the path. But uh, Philip, I know that you were running for politics. What other ideas like that would you kind of have? Uh, is there an insight into your thinking here that you could share with the people? Look, I mean, initially running for politics. I mean, again, like I just have to keep living with hope that this thing can be turned around and, and resolved. And um, in my thinking, politics now. Um, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical about the political side of things at, at the moment. Um, if things things can change and they're, they're changing very quickly every day uh, in this country, and, you know, absurdities are being thrown around the place. And um, politically, what I'm what I'm thinking, I mean, 
unless we get the truth out of people and get people to hear, you know, and listen to what's going on and accept um, what's happened to them, you know, and wh how they've been attacked psychologically um, over the last, especially over the last three years, relentlessly between the woohoo flu and, and the trans agenda and the LGBT agenda. Um, unless we get people to, to, to wake up to that and um, politics, um, I don't know. I just don't see any solution going forward with that. I mean, practical things like we just said, like you just said. I mean, look at our medical profession that are that are all over the world that have left here because of the abysmal health service we're in and how badly you're treated in there. And we're pulling medical staff from third world countries, you know, to come in here and fix our and sending away our good medic. We could entice them those people you know as a priority to come back maybe uh, the medical there was nurses in, in australia two years ago all mad to come home to help with with the woohoo flu and it was it was literally made impossible for them to come back with by the by the government i mean it was like a you know hold on a minute we don't want you guys coming back here we don't want you to start something here like you know and um, practice like you know giving farmers um enticing farmers to uh you know rear more beef, uh, you know, generate more um, crops, more more milk, incentive, give them, you know, subsidies in, as regards their fuel or whatever. And I know farmers get a lot of subsidies over the last, have gotten a lot of subsidies over the last 20 odd years, but it's like um, they're being absolutely pummeled right now. But I mean, you know, you incentivize the farming community, you know, make it attractive for, for farmers' sons to come to come in and run farms. And, and uh, you know, it's it's one of the biggest assets we have, our natural resources that have been wasted off the coast. I mean, it's a huge asset back there. We could be one of the wealthiest countries in, in the world, you know, with, with our natural resources if they're exploited. But this yeah. lunatic, Varadkar, won't exploit them because he signed up to the Paris Climate Agreement and he wants to be the best in the class at, at, at the Green New Deal. That's that's a good stream of consciousness there, like even for people to hear it, Philip, because um, people, people need to educate themselves, I think, on the economy, on things like climate change. You need to get in there and read the science. We, we need thousands of people walking the streets of Ireland who, if they overhear the nonsense, they can lean in over someone's shoulder and say, hold on a fucking second. I have an answer for you. I can stand here and talk with you and make you look like a cunt. And, and you know, we need thousands of people that can do that. And that's how we win, you know, by, by people being informed. Um, and you have, you have to inform yourself, I suppose, which is kind of uh, a good message I learned from you as well on, on the men's trek. Which again, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of copy uh, what Gavin said there about the men's trek. I've personally been on that trek, and I'll tell you what it did for me, lads. I'm a fat piece of shit who doesn't move. Um, I'm uh, and you you saw how badly uh, fucked I was, Philip. The, the few times I went up there, uh, my my job was at home, I didn't move. Um, so everything about my resistance to this was all mental. And it took it took its toll on me. I, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that I became a, a hermit during lockdown, antisocial, and uh, the men's trek fucking got me at a very bad time in my life and turned it around. You know, complete swing around. So thanks again, Philip, for that. No, no, that's nice. No, that's that's nice to hear, and that's another aspect too. Where you know, you make me feel now like yeah, I've I've 
achieve something you know if i've if i've made a difference in one person's life which you're saying it has i mean well don't like i mean to me i'm i'm just happy about that you can you can walk away and feel you've done something positive you know what i mean and you've done something for your country you know and that's what the rest of us anybody else who comes on on, on the uh, on the tracks you know hopefully you'll get all those um you know feelings and emotions and all positive emotions as well you know true you know after coming through all the negativity um, it is. And then again, with the getting out there, up in the hills, getting, you know, in touch with, with the, with the actual soil again, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's great for your soul, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, well said, that was nice to hear that, uh, Stephen, and thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks a million. Um, Sophie, have you a question there? Just to mute with you. Yeah, I, I don't really have a question. Sorry. I just wanted to, uh, just to say that, that uh, I've watched all your videos. Thank you for doing an amazing job as a citizen journalist. And it's been great to see over the course of the last six months, lots of men standing up to do that and to kind of bring real truth to Irish people and, you know, to really kind of see what's going on. Um, especially as a woman, can I just say it's great as well, because it's like real men are stepping up, being brave and, and challenging uh, the system. And I just say, uh, don't be disheartened. I think your voice and everyone else that's also doing this really good work. And I think thousands will agree that it speaks for the voice of many people, I think, in Ireland that are currently staying silent out of fear and perhaps a lot of other reasons. But I think it's only a matter of time um when you know many more will step up so just a big thank you and uh, keep up the great work thank you very much sophie for that very uh and then i have a big uh, red face on me here now you're making me blush but um yeah i mean it's 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 something um you just don't think about it too much don't overanalyze i don't try try not to think about it too much i overanalyze it um it's just i must do what my instincts are telling me to do something that needs to be done it has to be done and you know i would love to see more people um doing it and and, and tackling these is that you know the politicians or whatever the, the media your medical professionals your teachers the whole lot you know Go in and face them down, actually. I mean, that is the most uh, potent thing you can do is look them in the eye, look in, into the whites of their eyes and tell them that um, you're not accepting this nonsense and you're not for, inflicted on my child and you're not inflicted on my community, you know. And, um, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's not that difficult. I mean, the people who are awake to what's going on, you will have no problem dealing with anybody who who's pushing the nonsense you know so yeah thanks a million Sophie for that question there Elna one of my biggest concerns and it's just want to see what Philip's take is on it but my fear is this sudden interest in a united Ireland now will not be for the united Ireland we dreamed of of unionists and nationalists living in harmony will actually be a united Ireland for the black and tans that have been brought into the country yeah that seems to be the goal. I mean, it, there would be probably an argument about against nationalism, you know, that all oh, nationalism has caused all the wars around the world and the world wars and things like that. I don't believe that for a second, you know. I think there's other other reasons world wars started. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Sinn Féin, um, you know, the, 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 the modus operandi now is um, Brits out and the rest of the world in. And as you say, yeah, the... Um, the different uh, nationalities coming in from the Middle East and Africa, uh, they can't seem to get enough of them. Um, 
But I mean, for Sinn Féin, uh, to me, it's all just about demographics and votes and getting these people in and, and um, so they know that they will vote for them. Um, but it, it, I think the current situation, um, the globalism and the push that's going on, as I said earlier, it's affecting both communities up there. And it, who knows, it could bring... It could bring them a lot, bring us all a lot closer together. You know, no, like at least you know we have got Christian values on both sides of the border. I mean, that's a starting point. Um, uh, from most of the people on our side, thing, you know, I'm personally very against abortion, and um, I would regard myself as a Christian, um, not one that would be out there preaching anything to anybody. But you know, I always say to people, if you're, you know. With the times when you're feeling a bit down, um, say an old prayer for yourself, and and I think it helps me a lot. But um, if we get to the other side of this and, and defeat this um, this evil that we're against, because we're both sides of the community that the, the divide are, are are fighting this evil, yeah, who knows where where it could bring us? You know, it could be end up really positive. You know, it could, could give us all a better understanding of each other. You know, and um, I don't like getting too philosophical about these things, but. What can you do, Patricia? I do have a question there. Um, we need to. We need to. We're just looking at the time there. We'll have to wrap it up. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, uh, it's great to hear you on, Philip. Um, fabulous um, podcast so far. Uh, just a quick question. Um, do you do you, um, see any hope for the Irish journalists? Um, are we going to have anybody on our side really that's going to speak out uh, from the mainstream media in the near future? In the near future, um, no, it's the, it's the honest answer to that. I mean, it's it's so um, infiltrated, it, it appears. I've, I've, I've gone in amongst them, face-to-face -face groups of them, um, and it's just, um, it's mind-boggling just to see their reactions, to see their their contempt, to see that they, um, their, their arrogance, that like they... It, they know deep down. I mean, the things I'd be, I'd be kind of saying to them and, and shouting at them and, and shaming them, trying to shame them, and they they, they don't show any shame. Um, I think there's too much there's too much money being pumped into them at the moment. Uh, but again, you see you see some people then they're watching how the wind is, which way the wind is blowing as well, and they'll come out with these little articles that will kind of give these unusual criticisms that that you know, you mightn't expect to hear and then that'll be it, you know, they, they'll, they'll say something minuscule or, or very small and that would not, it would might ruffle one or two feathers but it wouldn't be, it'd be just maybe to try and, you know, appease a certain side of the community but I just don't see um, anything in the mainstream but we'll have, you know, more and more of our own journalists, citizen journalists, like when you see the work that the likes of Dave Cullen does, you know, the type of, the quality of his uh, research and and what he puts out to people, um, Grant Torino and that, um, these are the real journalists. Ninja Knight is another great guy. I mean, I'll, geez, anyone, I recommend anyone to listen to, to Ninja. I mean, talk about Turbidy on a Friday night. I mean, Ninja's uh, live streams are, are just off the charts, the amount of information he covers, the amount of stories and the, the, the common sense opinions he gives, um, the complete, you know, opposite to what, what, what we're getting in the mainstream. Um, and again, it, it's like this all happened overnight. We all just seem to wake up 
And you'd hear people like John Waters talking, you know, and he was in, he was a journalist, you know, back in the day and still is, I suppose, a real journalist. But um, it just seemed to happen like so quickly that these institutions uh, were, they were just uh, infected with this virus or this tumour or whatever um, and overrun, completely overrun. Nobody at all left with an ounce of common sense or an ounce of dignity or integrity, integrity excuse me, in the in Irish media, like, you know. Thanks a million, Philip. That's a great answer. Um, I think we'll just leave it at that, will we? We're on a good while now. Um, yeah, yeah, you have me walking up. <laughs> <laughs> Put you through your faces. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Listen, thanks again. Thanks a million to everybody who tuned in. You know, and it is, it does be very humbling when you see um, the amount of people and um, that have an interest in all of this. And, and they're, you know, the great support I get, I have to say a big thank you to everybody. You know, it is kind of very humbling. So, um, yeah, keep up. They the, keep they up get you on up. Telegram, isn't it? Um, Telegram and Odyssey and YouTube, if you want to find you, and your, your email address for the men's track. I'm off, yeah. I'm off YouTube until the 10th and a bit of a ban going on, you know, but, um, yeah, that's where you can get me. I'm on the Facebook, I have a Telegram, I have Odyssey, I have a BitChute. Um, I'm a getter. I'm kind of. I can't keep up with them all, to be honest with you. You know, I've, uh, I've just, just been too busy. But um, I, um, I just do my best to put what I can out. Simple as that. And think I'd like to see everybody can just do your best and do what you can. You know, to help. And you know, we'll get there. We'll get there in the end. You know, I believe so. Anyway, hundred percent. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, and. Uh, just ask people to share this if you hear it after when we put it out on it'll be on spotify and uh youtube and um maybe bit you as well but just to share it lads if you can because we're trying to reach more people i know we we're all kind of in the same loop here we really need to be i think one of my biggest pet peeves is that the, the media is sewn up in this country we don't have any voice and i think that's why we need to keep reaching more people um and eventually the tide will turn but thanks a million for the no problem. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, folks.